Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 182. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner, or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful, and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, How Are Things? So as I record this, tomorrow is my birthday. Yay! Very excited. I love birthdays. I don't know about you, but I I actually prefer other people's birthdays to my own. I was once described by a counsellor that I saw many, many years ago. It said uh, She said to me, it's like you've been shown the perfect way something should be. And when it's not, it doesn't meet your expectations and you get really disappointed. So there's something about my own birthdays that I really struggle with, but I love other people's birthdays. I love doing things. And do you know what? Before I had my business, I used to do like the most amazing parties for my daughter. So we had like themes. Once I had a brand created for it. I know, I know I was one of those mums just for a short while though. And then I got my business and quite honestly, if she goes to school dressed in a uniform, I'm proud of myself. So yeah, but no, it's, it's going to be nice. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Although it is lockdown two birthday. I was one of the first birthdays to be in lockdown and I had a Zoom party, which was one of the first ones. So it was pretty cool. Whereas now it's a bit tiresome, isn't it? But I am, I've just invited all my members to a special private little party that we're going to have on Zoom. I've called it the cocktail quiz, cocktail bar quiz rather than pub quiz because cocktail bar is much more on brand. Uh, I'm being funny, but I was just being silly. I thought that was good fun. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. 
So this week we've got an interview, which is great. I'm going to tell you about that in a sec, but I just want to give you an update about the small, I've got this wrong as I recorded it earlier, and I've just got it wrong again, but it's fine. The Small Business Superstar. No, I didn't get it wrong. It does start off small. Small Business Superstar podcast that I've been doing on a Thursday. So as you know, every Thursday I invited on, or I asked people to apply to come on, to come and tell me about the one thing they did in their business that really made a difference. Because sometimes, and, and you know, a little while back, I was getting really sick and tired of the, what is described as bro marketing, where it's like, yeah, follow me and do this one thing and earn $6 million in three minutes and it's all rubbish, utter rubbish. So I wanted to ensure that I was putting more relatable content out there for you. And therefore I invited on small businesses who had done one thing and it had made a massive difference. And I don't know if you remember right back to the very first one, if you haven't caught them, was Toria. And she was one of the reasons I started it. So Toria is a bricks and mortar business in Shropshire, where I happen to live. And she, she was a, she had a giftware store where she basically found gifts from all over the local area from sort of artisan designers and makers and things. And she sold them in her shop. And of course, COVID happened, couldn't work, couldn't run the shop, did have an online presence um, of some sort, but certainly wasn't, you know, as big as what people coming in the shop was. So Anyway, Toria decided to go live one day, even though she really wasn't keen and was terrified. And the live was, you know, a first live, as you would imagine. You know, it wasn't all lights, cameras, action. It was really authentic and it was amazing. And people, people bought, they actually bought, which is just phenomenal. So, so yeah, absolutely brilliant. So that's what it was all about. Anyway, what get to the point, Teresa. So I've been doing these extra Thursday episodes and as you know, my team have really upped their game in terms of having to do the extra episodes and I've had to do extra recording. So we've decided that we're going to do it in seasons because honestly, it's not viable to have it running all the time. It just takes a lot of work, as I'm sure you can imagine. So I just wanted to, one, let you know that. So as of, uh, let me think, actually, I am going to have to check what's the last one. I think we've got like two more weeks of it. No, one more week of it. So by the time this comes out, the one on Thursday is our last one. So episode 183. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I was just checking my Trello board where we organise ourselves. So yeah, that's the last one for this season. I have contacted, or you should have heard from me if you applied and you didn't make it into season one. I've emailed you saying, I'm so sorry. Obviously, it was really difficult. I had so many of you reach out to me, which is awesome and apply to be on. And we had some great stories. And it wasn't even that like, if you weren't picked this time, it's because your story wasn't good enough. It was the fact of, I tried to mix the type of activities that people did. So it will return. I'm pretty sure of that. Not sure when. Let me know whether you really enjoyed it, whether you liked it, drop me a DM, just so I can gauge you know, whether we really do need to make time for this sooner rather than later and what you think. Anyway, so that's that bit. So let's get on with today's episode. 
So today's episode is with the very lovely Vicky Jakes. Now, Vicky and I were introduced to each other and we got on a Zoom call and we hit it off. Really, really enjoyed talking to her. We agree on a lot of things. Vicky is an online marketing and website optimization consultant, helping small businesses sell more stuff via their website. So basically, Vicky's come from a really kind of organizational tech background. And she's now using that to help small businesses with things like SEO, with things like actually sorting out their websites with Google Analytics, with all the kind of tech side. But she's so straightforward talking that it's not overwhelming at all. So if you're sat listening to this thinking, oh, I don't think I can handle a tech episode, I promise you it's really not overwhelming. So today, Vicky is talking all about Google Analytics. Now, what obviously in the interview we explain, you know, about Google Analytics, but it's basically just the way that we can track our website to ensure that we can see what's going on. And I know in the early days, I didn't really track a whole lot of stuff and you might not be tracking stuff and you might think, well, what does it matter? But I really think now it's different. Now we track everything on a monthly basis and I review it just to see kind of where we've come from and where we're heading to, just to see if, you know, if we try something new, which we have done recently on my social media. So if you've not seen my social for a bit, go and check on all the platforms, but obviously, you know, Instagram's my favorite, that I am trying out some different things. So, you know, what was so nice about that is we look at the stats because then we look and see, okay, did that have any effects? And if it did, what effect? So it's about kind of being the scientist in your business. So like I said, this episode isn't heavy. It's not hard. You know me. I'm not, I do struggle a bit with the tech stuff. So it's really, really good. And it's definitely worth listening to because what she explains is the key things to look out for, the key things to really understand what is working on your website and what's happening. And it's not many, it's literally like five things. So you are going to be absolutely fine. But anyway, I will hand over to the very lovely Vicky. Enjoy this episode and I'll see you in a bit. So I am really excited today to welcome to the podcast, the very lovely Vicky Jakes. Vicky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Trace. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to come here and geek out with you for a little bit today. My absolute pleasure. We've just been chatting, homeschooling, lockdown life, the fact that we have children in the house, the fact that at any point during this podcast, like a, do they call it Easter eggs in movies when something funny happens (laughs) or weird? As an Easter egg, a child could pop up and ask for a snack. That's normally what it will happen. Yeah, Yeah, always a snack. But anyway, we will crack on and be professional, uh, hopefully without our children bursting into our rooms. Uh, So Vicky, we always start off the same way on the podcast, mainly because I'm not very original, by asking you to tell my audience who you are and how you got to do the thing that you do today. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm Vicky Jakes. I am an online marketing consultant and website optimization consultant basically it's a fancy pants way of saying that I help small businesses learn how to make more money from their websites essentially and I have got to where I've got today for my thing um because 20 years ago I left was about to leave university and I couldn't get a job in the film industry which is what I'd studied at university so I was very arty and I did a learn at home web design course I thought I'll be a, I love websites these newfangled things that are out there years now. Ago. surely that was yeah. never a thing 20 years ago did they send you yeah. books in the post 
Yeah, yeah, like totally. <laughs> so it was it was in collaboration. It was called the Learning Library, I think, yeah. in collaboration with Hammersmith College. And yeah, they sent really big, thick printouts. Brilliant. Um, and then you got a copy of Dreamweather on DVD or CD or whatever it was back then. And then uh, you just did your assignments, printed them off, sent them off to your tutor. And then you also had to email some stuff as well. And so I, I worked through that and um, learned how to kind of code in HTML and CSS. And would then use my newfound skills to make websites for bands. So I used to love going out and looking at um, like watching bands in North London. And if I fancied a guitarist or, you know, had a thing for a singer or whatever, I'd be like, oh, I can, I'm really creative. I can make your band a website. So that was, <laughs> that was my thing. But I, I, why I work with you, you've got to be good looking. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, but I've always been a, a bit of a maker, really. So you know, it was just another thing to to kind of make, and I love making animations and websites and doing graphics and and you know playing around with with kind of things on my hacked copy of Photoshop, <laughs> and um, I, I, you know, I, I, I never thought I'd get a job in it. I, I never thought I was like a proper graphic designer or a proper developer or a proper kind of copywriter or anything like that. So um, I ended up getting a job in sales in magazine sales because I love publishing you know that kind of making thing is definitely prevalent in publishing um and although my first publishing job wasn't very sexy I went to sell banners and buttons in the back of the engineer website oh, wow. uh, the engineer being the top UK magazine for those who work in the engineering industry <laughs> so I'd, I'd basically be ringing up um Clive who's the MD of a subcontract engineering firm and um, asking if Clive was there because we'd like to sell him banners and buttons on our new website. And Janine, who's answered the phone because Clive's working on the shop floor, would have to shout across, Clive, we've got Vicky here from the engineer. She wants to sell you something for a website. So Clive, Clive would she'd put the phone down. Clive would have to come all the way over and then I'd have to do a pitch to him to get him to buy a banner or a button. And, you know, this is so alien to businesses yeah. like in the early 2000s. So, you know, it, de- it definitely was quite fun to do the sales side of a kind of web stuff. And then in the evening, I would go and make my make my things and play around on the Internet. And then I, I kind of got a bit of a break where I went for a sales job at a magazine and um, at Heat magazine, actually. And um, the sales lead there was like, you, I mean, I'm looking for your CV. You seem like you're quite creative and really techie. We actually want someone to kind of come in and oversee like an internal agency. Would you like to be a project manager? And I was like, uh, yeah, dream job alert. So I had no idea what I was doing. I literally was dumped in the middle of developers and designers and had to stop them fighting. And between us all, we'd have to produce advertorials, banners and buttons for, mm-hmm. you know, crazy stuff that advertisers wanted to do, like rate your boyfriend, you know, on more magazines kind <laughs> of advertorial or yeah, high school musical, everything high school musical back then. And that was kind of like uh, where I started and kind of then where I grew in corporate. So I became a a digital project manager. And so it's always been really good sat in the middle of all of these disciplines. Mm -hmm. And it led me to kind of go through the the kind of corporate route and go into agency, working with kind of big pharma companies, big finance companies. I have led projects building 
banners, buttons, apps, platforms, hubs, you name it. They've given a name to it. I've worked, I've worked on it. I, I, thousands of projects and campaigns. Um, I've worked on some really bad ones that have failed miserably. And I think it's given, and some really amazing ones, like I've won awards as well. But I think it's given me a really good standing to know, like, how to just get a website built and you know without the faff and you know without the 10 months of review process and I I ended up falling in love with a project management uh, methodology called agile which I'm sure like some people have heard of in the corporate world yeah Um, and I, I became a scrum master and it was all about working in like big software companies trying to deliver features as quickly as possible getting reviews on them from the people actually who are going to use it and then taking those that feedback um those pieces of feedback and iterating it and putting it back into the feature and that was the side I really liked about what I did was being able to review something really quickly and then action it and actually get something out that you know customers wanted I ended up leaving the corporate world doing that working on e-commerce sites and that was kind of like my last job because I had small people and I wanted to spend more time with the small people and you realize um, maybe not no, I'm <laughs> yeah. that was just me just me <laughs> <laughs> but I you know I I worked I worked through my second maternity leave you know I didn't really have a maternity leave because I'd started a job in the middle of being pregnant and so I went back to work when she was 11 weeks old and I you know I was like you know, pumping breast milk in the stock room so that developers didn't get oh, overwhelmed that there was a woman in the house you know what I mean milk. exactly the woman wasn't bad enough uh you know there's this other element yeah like guys don't touch that milk in the fridge kind of thing and (laughs) and uh, what I always wanted to do throughout that entire time like hand on heart was help small businesses because in a in a corporate world when you're dealing with a small business like building a website Mm. that's actually not that small right you're probably spending 20 grand at agency level right and you know the stories would just come up again and again oh there's such a there's such a pain that client because you know they're always ringing they're always on me you know I'm trying to do the best I can and I'd always say to my team like this is a small business owner this money is a lot of money to them. This isn't corporate where you're just spending, you know, a figure on a spreadsheet or whatever. But the, the attitude to small business was never healthy, I thought. And I always wanted to bring that agency level thinking that I picked up along the whole way. You know, how to write great copy, how to build websites quickly, you know, um, how to be okay with done is better than perfect, you know, where to source all the, the, the things that agency people do to save money you know what tools are we using that I could tell people about that are free to access Mm. how can I train people to use the things that we were using at agency in the same way um and and so that's kind of what led me into kind of starting out on my own and and kind of going to help small business and the smaller the better really I mostly help like single uh what they call them now traces it's solopreneur right anypreneur just put a word in front of preneur and that'll (laughs) probably cover us off uh yeah it's hilarious yeah I didn't call myself an entrepreneur for many years like because I didn't feel like one. And when I think about my members in my academy, I bet they don't either. Like, in fact, one of them messaged me just today going, oh, I just got this thing. I feel like a right entrepreneur. And it was like, because I don't think you class yourselves as that, but we are all entrepreneurs. So look, no, if, if you have a product, yeah. If you have a product and you're taking it, you know, to market, 
it, that's not just something that corporate people do at all. Yeah. Like it's something that, you know, anyone can do. So um, I've, for the past few years, I've been working with small businesses, like I said, and um, I run a membership so that it's an affordable way for people to work with me. And that keeps me pretty busy. So it's like my third baby, my membership. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> in there, I, I just, I, I help them build their own website. I help them understand their, their own data. And that kind of leads us to, to what we're going to chat about, yeah, isn't yeah. it? That's awesome. I love that. I love, obviously, you kind of similarly, I came from corporate world, worked for some huge companies, had some huge budgets. And now I look at it, I don't know about you, but what was really funny, right? So I only have like literally two or three clients still in the business. And I work with them because I love them. And and I don't actually do the physical work. The team do the work, but I still get to have that relationship and, and it's ace. And I was talking to one of them and they're, they're a local authority. And they said to me, you know, about the fact of they've got a new boss and their new boss is like, well, maybe we should tender out this work. And I'm like, no, you don't want to do that. Like it's pointless. And I said to her, like being totally honest, when I look at my team, because my team are freelance, the one girl who works with me who does this account in particular, runs her own business to do with Instagram. I look at me and then I look at me in an agency, as in when I used to be employed by an agency. And then I look at my or other agencies in my local area, there is not a cat in hell's chance. And if you are from an agency, and I hope I don't insult you, but but from my experience, there's not a cat in hell's chance they know what we know. Like, no, because we eat, sleep, breathe this stuff. We like not just in the memberships, but having worked with clients and doing it for yourself and doing, and again, like I, I can get on a real soapbox with this because it really hacks me off. But like, I something came up the other day and and I'm I was speaking to a member and she's like, so I've been given this grant by this whatever, whatever, to work with these experts. And they've said I should do this, right? And I'm like, okay. And it was something I disagreed with. It was something that knowing her and her business, I was like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure that's right. And I'm always very gentle in my opinion. It's not like I suddenly go, you know, no, don't do it. So I was like, okay, so can I just ask a question? And I wasn't trying to be a bit of an idiot about it, but I was like, the person that's giving you the advice What's their background? Well, they're employed by this such and such. So they don't run their own business then? No. Have they ever had an online business? No. And it's like, then how exactly do they know what it's like to be in the middle of a launch and think, this isn't going very well. What shall I do? Or trying to set up the tech and it not working or trying to bring on a VA and it just being a disaster. Like they've not done those things. And I think we have to... Well, one of the best things about us is that we do these every single day and it's non-stop in our world. This is our world. I The secret, I think, um, that people don't know about is that at agencies, there's two or three um, like shining, um, amazing, high-level thinkers. And yeah. then they employ people around them to support that, whether it's a creative agency or a digital agency or a marketing agency. And, you know, if you're not spending massive budgets, you're going to get the junior. Yeah. And if the junior has only been there six months, exactly as you said, you know, you're not going to be getting like, you know, you're going to be getting a little bit of input from the big thinkers, but the day-to-day is going to be from that junior. And it, that's just how agencies work. It's how, you know, they make their money. And I, I love my time at agency. Thank yeah. you. I don't want to offend anyone here, but I'm, I'm, I find that a lot more 
um it's a lot more rewarding mm. working direct with small business this way yeah. for sure and also they i don't want to say they appreciate it more but it's like one they can move faster than corporate like trying to move a corporate beast is hard two they get it quicker and they are more grateful and and that sounds really patronizing and and that's not what i'm trying to say but like they can see the instant results so maybe that's it's not that they're more grateful they're more recognizing of the work that you've or that thing you suggested so like literally down to the smallest teeniest thing i promise we'll get onto the reason you're on here in a sec but i love to miss <laughs> but even down to like the teeniest smallest things like why don't you you know so let's say i worked with someone to encourage them to do a video and they did a, they went live in fact i made one of my members go live the other day and very good to support her i went live with her and i interviewed her on her page because i was like i know you're going to be brilliant but she was like i haven't got the comment she was in the middle of a launch we wanted to really get this out there so anyway so you know i i helped as much as i could but like she can see she comes off that live and she's like do you know how many people were on it do you know how many people have responded do you know how many people tagged her in so she can see immediately the result of that thing and i think sometimes in corporate they they don't see it or they're only looking at their little bit that they don't see the benefit to the others and so so yeah personally i someone asked me the other day who my dream client would be and i was like I haven't really got one because I love working with small businesses. I love, I love the, you know, what's going on with them. And therefore I'm not sat here thinking, oh, I wish I could work with whatever, whatever. I mean, if I could have free product, then, you know, beauty <laughs> or gin, other than that, I'm cool. Um, anyway, anyway, so, so you've done all this stuff. Now you are in a part of the world that some people really do not like. And I know that some people here are going to like, I don't think I can listen to this because I'm so not techie. I promise you it'll be fine. But, you know, that is a tough, like trying to explain things to to small business owners that have an element of tech when people have such a fear of tech must be a really hard thing. Yeah, like 100%. Um, I didn't realise I was a data person until um, I got into being a data person and I think the the strength that I, I found I had at corporate when talking about data so by data I mean like analytics going in and seeing have people done the thing on the site that they meant to have they visited the thing they meant to have they clicked on the thing that they meant to is it can be really dry and spreadsheets and I have seen people almost fall asleep in meetings when yeah. data in spreadsheets has been read out but it excites me because I can see stories in it and then I can tell my client like I talk, used to tell stories to my clients because for me to get them to understand their data was more uh, rewarding like pleasurable than actually just reading out the figures and that's why I'd often be you know always in between developers or designers and a client at kind of corporate because they're like oh you're good at talking to the client you can explain tech to them basically but yeah I I didn't realize (laughs) that I liked it until I started doing it if you can understand if the things that you are doing are working or not then you can do more of that right and if you can understand if it's not working you can improve it it just seems really simple when you say it like that right and also it's key like this is the thing that I think we as business owners especially obviously you and I are from the marketing world anyway but for those who aren't it's like they're given part of the picture it's like they're told got to have a website got to have social media got to have this but they're not told like 
what, why, how, and and how they know whether it works. So they do all this stuff. And I, I was talking to a web developer the other day and they were telling me that they'd built a site for someone. And I looked at the site and they said they were having a few problems with the person they built it for. And I was like, site looks great. You've done a really good job. And I was like, what are they doing to market it? And they were like, nothing. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> And I went, well, yep, seen plenty of them. Never yeah, mind. Well done. You know, and, and it's like it, it's like they see a tick list of things and go, I need a website, great, done. But but then what they're not taught enough is in some very simple, and hopefully this is what this, this episode is going to give you if you're listening to this, some very simple things that you can go and check. And it's not about putting together like the big reports and the fancy things. Like literally every month, Joanne, who's in my team, goes and looks at my TED talk on on YouTube and tracks how many people have watched it. She tracks my Instagram things. She tracks like some really basic stuff. Like this isn't, you know, I haven't got some fancy pants, cool, crazy stuff, but it's like, if I can just see... I can then maybe go, well, what, what maybe caused that? Or why was that the case? Or actually, this isn't doing, I'm pouring my time and effort into a website that isn't converting or isn't helping me. So so how can I make that difference? So the whole idea of this episode, we have just, I knew this would happen because the minute I spoke to you, I knew we would get on just brilliantly. Because um, we so much come from the same opinion on stuff. But like, the whole point of this episode is to go, right, there are some things that you can look at and Vicky is going to explain these beautifully just to see how you are getting on. This isn't about, like I said, you've now got to do a monthly report that's like a flipping 10-page essay. This is just about, uh, okay, this is where I can go and look. And once I've looked, what does that tell me? And what can I maybe then think to do, you know, from that? So... We're talking specifically about Google Analytics, aren't we? That's correct. So Google Analytics is a free tool that Google gives everybody um, the chance to use, but you've got to have a, a Google account in order to access it. And essentially, it allows you to put a little bit of code on your website so that you can understand how many people have come to your website, where they've come from, and the content that they've looked on. Just those three areas all super, all super important. Mm. If you can understand those three things really well, you don't need to understand any of the other reports. It's built by developers for developers, right? So when you, if, if anyone's listening and they've logged in and they think, gosh, this looks really complicated, it, it does. It does mm. look really complicated. But if you can just focus on three specific reports and check in on those reports, either weekly or perhaps uh, during or after you've run some type of campaign, you can get validation exactly as you said mm -hmm. about whether, you, you know, what you're doing is working. More importantly, if you're wasting money or time, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, like I think of me like your map to the stars, really. You're, you're kind of map to success. Like I'm going to give you exactly yeah. the areas that you need to, to focus on. Okay. So the first report that you should log in on, uh, log into and look at on a weekly basis is the audience overview report. And you can find that um, on the left hand side. Look in desktop view. Don't use the app. It's not very pleasant. The desktop view is going to give you much more data. Mm -hmm. And in there, you'll be given the last seven days as default of the, the who right? How many people have come to your site? But so, you know, I was talking about 20 years ago, me, back back in the day, we used to talk about hits. We don't use hits as a, 
as a as a figure of measurement anymore we use users right and because google analytics can detect based on someone's ip address so that's the 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 identifier that your internet service provider gives you you know like talk talk or bt connect or whatever right um it can say oh Vicky's come back to this site again. That IP address has come back to the site again. And this is how it can tell who's a new user and who isn't. So depending on your um, your objectives as a business owner, as a website owner, that's going to be really important to you to see new visitors coming back to the site. Or it might not be. You might have a membership site and want to see returning visitors yeah. trying to come yeah. back again and again. So it's, it's going to be different depending on your objectives. But you can track that in here. And one of the things I like to do is take the date picker that's in the top right hand side of Google Analytics and don't not just look at the last seven days. Right. Don't just do that. It's actually zoom out right? Cause, and look at the last year, three months, because mm-hmm. if you can see the data visually like that, you can see if you've increased your traffic. You can see if there's trends, if there's spikes of traffic, maybe pre-Christmas or pre-Black Friday or pre-Summer or Mother's Day or whatever. And it can start to tell you stories, right? Because if you don't know if you have spikes of traffic, Mm -hmm. that little graph is going to give you stories. Case in point, right? I went into my Google Analytics last week and saw a a very ugly shard looking um, like London Shard looking um, blip um, on my data. And I was like, wow, I've had a thousand visits this what day. What did I do that day? Clever me. I must be so popular. What on earth? Because, you know, on average, I get 200 visits a day. And um, transpired that I'd had uh, bot traffic, lovely bot traffic, all the way from China or Russia, like creating that anomaly. But you wouldn't be able to tell that if you didn't like look visually at that data and kind of zoom in and out and the other kind of uh, figures on on this page um worth taking note of as well is um something called a session so that's like the the visit so from uh, the, like the, the number of times I might visit, it's called a session, right? So I could go and visit your website two or three times. That'd be counted as like two or three sessions. And Google Analytics, because it can tell if you're a new or returning user, can see how many sessions per user. Mm-hmm. Um, it also gives you page views. So this is the closest to the old hits that you get. But page views is literally like how many individual URLs of your site have been viewed. So that's your blog post URL or your product page or an individual, even your privacy page, right, is tracked. So the old old school hits. On URL, we're talking about, you know, where if so my website, my homepage is treasythrowing.com. So for instance, the blog, if I had one, might be treasythrowing.com forward slash blog, and that's a different URL. So each page has its own URL, and that's what we're talking about in terms of page views. Exactly that, yeah. And like the the old school hits used to just measure if an image was viewed, if a video was viewed, like all sorts. So page views is like a a truer idea of like how, how many like pieces of content like URLs are being viewed on your site. Yeah. And then you can see the, the pages per session in this report that are being viewed as well. Why is that important? Well, if you're like me, I put up blog posts and podcast pages, and mostly people are coming to my site and looking at that and going away again. That's fine. That is the purpose of my site. It is fulfilling its purpose. If people stay and go on to my work with me page, great bonus. But at most, they're probably only viewing two pages per session max. 
If you're a product business, you want people to browse and go through all your products and do yeah. comparisons. So you're probably looking to try and see if that figure could be four or five pages per session. So again, it really depends on your um, on your objective as a site owner. Yeah. If you're not getting a lot of pages per session viewed and you want lots of view, like let's say you've got an, like a massive blog and you want to keep people on the site viewing like lots of pages. The story this then tells me is that you need to make those pages more engaging. You need to give more, you need to put more links on the page to encourage the user to click through to other blog posts. How can you make that page sticky? And so that's the thing that springs to my mind when I'm looking at that figure is, okay, well, people are leaving. What makes them leave? Why is that page not engaging enough to keep them on the site? And then I go from the data into a website and investigate so like, the, let's take sorry um to drop let's take something no. like if you have a product i guess one of the ways i love the that they call it that page being sticky uh it's just such a visual thing for such an online thing it's so funny but like let's say you have a product and you have several products on your site then it's things like you know how Amazon, Amazon, who's Amazon? It's like the Australian version of Amazon. <laughs> Amazon Prime, yeah. <laughs> you know how like Amazon says, hey, if you're looking at this, you might also like this. Or people who bought this also bought this. Like that's how they're making me click through the site constantly. And so therefore, if you're a product or a blog at the bottom of your blog, why not suggest another two blogs that are related to the thing? If you're, you know, you're wanting to get people to stay on the site longer. Is that what you would suggest? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, you know, there's there's lots of ways to make a page sticky, but at least putting uh, the the links, mm. the, like suggested links for a user to click through to next is a starting point. Yeah. You know, the other figure on this report that's well worth taking note of for everyone listening as well is the average session duration. So this gives you like the, the kind of time value of how long someone is spending on your website. And this ties in really nicely with the pages per session figure and also the number of users as well, because you can then in your mind's eye, get a sense of how long someone's spending on your site like if it's on average 30 seconds but you've got some really long war and peace style blog posts are they reading those blog posts are they staying and engaging with your content right and if you can understand all the figures in this report when you go to other reports around google analytics these will these will return and kind of come back again and again so hopefully you'll then be able to take what what I kind of talked about here and apply it to the other areas of the site. So when we are looking at individual pages, for example, you can see the, the average session duration, uh, duration for those, right? So okay. then you can see if individual blog posts have got long reading times, if individual product pages like users are staying on them as well. And you can also see um, like the average session duration based on like where your traffic's come from as well. And so you can then start to get a sense of if you're wasting your time mm. trying to drive traffic to your website from a channel that just isn't engaging you essentially. The we're talking about Easter eggs earlier, so I'll give I'll give a, a little Easter egg in this um, report as well. It's uh, the mobile report, so it's under audience as well. And if you go into there and just go to mobile overview, you'll actually see the type of device that um, your users are viewing your site on as well. So whether it's desktop, mobile, or tablet, mm. and I, I love this report um, when I show it to kind of 
people who aren't into Google Analytics at all because they usually get a bit of a shock realizing that they've been spending all this time optimizing their site for desktop and actually most of their traffic comes from mobile. Yeah. Over half of all traffic comes from mobile now. And, you know, if you're like me, remember like 20, 20 years doing this, I, I wasn't a digital native. I, I was like making websites on massive clunky desktop computers, you know, so it, it was a real challenge for me to switch my head from desktop to mobile first, mm. as is it, as, it, as it is for a lot of people. And so quite often we neglect our mobile sites because of that. And this report will kind of validate if you're doing the right thing by your site or not and kind of giving yeah. your user the right type of experience, depending on how they're looking at it. And um, so the next report that I think everyone should log in on and look at at least once a week. So we've talked about the who and now this is the where. Yeah. It's called acquisition. And if you go to the acquisition, all traffic source medium report, all the gold is in here, basically. It will give you yeah. the top 10 traffic sources. Um, and you can um, expand that view in the bottom right of the table. Like there's a little show rows option. Mm -hmm. um, but Google will bucket the traffic into like three areas. So the first I'll talk about is called organic. So that basically means search engines. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of search engines, but Google will probably show first and then Bing and then Baidu and Sogu and other ones I've never heard never. of until like <laughs> very recently. And most like most of us should have some type of Google organic traffic coming to our sites. And mm -hmm. um, the next is a referral site. So this is another website that's not a search engine, basically. So this is where you'll be able to see traffic that comes from Facebook, LinkedIn, all the big socials, also from other websites where your link is. So if you've worked really hard to get your site, you know, into the, 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 the Daily Mail or the Telegraph or whatever, you can see if you're getting clicks back from that link in here as well the other bucket which is very frustrating and it's one of the reasons why google analytics isn't a perfect tool is the direct none report and mm. if google can't track or possibly ever detect where your traffic's come from it just buckets it in here so okay. if someone was clicking from behind a password protected site like let's say like inside a teachable or a course platform yeah or you know something like that Google's, Google Analytics is just going to have a guess and just say, I don't know, we'll, we'll put it in the direct because there's no way it can track where that, where that yeah. traffic's come from. And all the things I spoke about in the, in the kind of the who, the audience, right, is here in the table view. So I'm, I have spoken to people who are like, I've logged in, got terrified, logged out again. But actually, like, if you just study the columns, you can see it's got all of that data from the audience report. It's got the how many users, it's got the new users, the sessions, the pages per session, the average session duration. And I love to go straight to the average session duration column and look at how long people are spending on my site from Google, how long they're spending on my site from Facebook, how long they're spending on my site from any other sites that I've worked really hard to kind of get my link on. And, and again, this should cause surprises for people. Yeah. And especially when you look at their, the activity that you're doing. So it's like you could be busting your gut to do stuff on Instagram and actually your traffic's coming from Facebook. And really, if you put the same time into Facebook, you would have so much more from that. So that's why even just looking at this one thing could change the Directory, what's that word? Direct, directory. Tra trajectory. Trajectory. Yeah. 
I like directory. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Change the directory. <laughs> I can't say it. Trajectory. Have I said it right? Okay. Yeah, that's oh, perfect. I was trying to be fancy. I won't do that again. It failed dismally. <laughs> of where you're putting your time and effort and your 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 marketing plan, because it's like I said, you know, if it's not working, then that's where you find out whether it's working or not. Because you could feel like having, and as you're, I'm sure, you know, being on all the social medias, there are ones that I have a gut feel for, oh, this is great. You know, this is a great one for for me. And actually it could not be at all, you know, it might get some interaction, but it's not actually resulting in people clicking and looking in sales and the rest. A hundred percent. And again, it depends on the objective, right, of what you want to do online. And if you need to get people to a website to buy things, like say you're a product website, Mm. or you want people to buy your service or book a call or, or something from specifically from your website, and you're not getting clicks from, you know, Instagram's a great example here because there's a, like for many, there's only one opportunity yeah. to have a link, you know, and that's in the profile. Then either you need to stop trying to drive people to your website from that channel because it's just not working mm-hmm. or, you know, you, you have to think a little bit differently, like maybe, you know, run ads uh, because you can like have clicks from ads on Instagram or integrate like Facebook shops into your Instagram feed. So, you know, your feed becomes clickable. But, you know, if you're trying to get people to go and read your blog post mm. from Instagram, chances are they're not going to. They're on Instagram to have a scroll, have some fun. And again, this is where the stories come out, right? Because I'm thinking, well, how is my ideal customer? And I know exactly who she is. She's Kate. She's a jewellery maker. I I have her in my head every time I think about this. And I think about her being on Instagram and then me popping up going, go go and read my blog, Kate. And she's like, no, I'm on Instagram for fun. Give me the the skinny on your blog post here. I'm not clicking away to go read your blog post. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, so uh, so that was the next one. That was the where. Is there anything else on the where? Because I cut you off. Sorry. Uh, no, no. So uh, that is that's like the the kind of the the kind of brief view of the where. So mm-hmm. at least like checking in on this and kind of seeing if there's any surprises. Um, I would say that there is like multiple versions of Facebook and Instagram in here. You'll see m.facebook and Facebook, and there is a little search at the top of this table that you can just put. Facebook, the word Facebook into or the word Instagram and it will amalgamate all of the data together for you. The third report you should check in on at least once a week is the behavior report and this is the what basically. So if you head into behavior and go to site content and all pages and um, all of the top 10 most visited pages on your site will show up in the table. And again, you can expand that view in the bottom right hand side of the table um, under the show rows toggle. And this is where you can see if you are writing a blog post, if you're getting views on it, if you have created a product, whether you're getting views on it and just generally seeing what people are looking at on your website. And again, head straight to that average time on page column because that's super useful because that will tell you if you know the post or the product or whatever is engaging mm. by the time like the length of time and um, that someone spends on it so I've been schooled in the past where I thought I'm going to write this this post I think people need and the average time on the page is like 20 seconds and I know like you know that that's a dud I've, I've got the traffic there but they're not reading it so either I've got an audience problem or I've got a content problem well mm. I suck that one up I've got a content problem right yeah but also I was able to slightly shift my um 
my own content plan online last year. And I, I made it a little bit more analytics focused because as I started to write analytics content, turns out people really loved it and they stayed on the site to read it. And I was able to tell that by looking in this report, you know, with, with kind of no extra trimmings on it, like literally going in here and comparing, um, oh, people really like my Google Analytics <laughs> blog posts versus, you know, the ones where I talk about like web page layout or whatever. Yeah. And that future content and for lead magnet ideas you know if you're if you've got a blog post that is like so strong because people keep looking at it that's the place to put on a content upgrade or a lead magnet or a that's the thing to talk about on social media that's the the thing to do another post very similarly around the same sort of you know like you said people really like that style so do more of that style you know this is where we're not saying go in and do a 50 page report on, you know, it's just literally like scan down. Oh, that's interesting. Cause it's always when like the mobile thing is always amazing because people don't realize. And because especially if you are a business owner, I work 24 seven on my desktop, you know, and not just one desktop, I have two screens, you know, I've, I've got all the gear, no idea. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, I work continuously and I know how to do everything on desktop that I then have to then when I'm teaching something, I have to go to a mobile and go, right, this is how you do it on a mobile because sometimes it's different, but especially for my landing pages, my, my site, everything has to be as well optimized for mobile as possible because you know that most of my traffic is coming from a mobile, especially if I'm doing Facebook ads, especially if I'm on Instagram, like those are the places people are looking. Whereas you might find that LinkedIn, maybe if it's, if you're targeting B2B and they are in an office on a desktop, they might be doing that. But, but until you look at those stats, you won't know. So the point is just look at them and go, okay, that's interesting. And just take it as much as that, I'd say. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I mean, to your point, creating a lead magnet from your most viewed blog posts is a great strategy because you know you're getting views on it, right? Mm. And um, if you are getting a lot of views on a blog post that you've written, you know, months ago, and you're still getting traffic from it, like you'll be able to see that in here. Yeah. And then what that should tell you is, wow, that's really having a a kind of um, a heyday with with Google right now. Go in and rewrite the post. Add call to actions at the end of it that take people to other areas of your website. You know, rewrite content based on you yeah. know if it's if it's working really well. Um, you know, you, you shouldn't just write a blog post publish it and then leave it and go oh well done me like yes. you should be tending to that post seeing how it's doing if it's got the um the arc of hope and the downward spiral of nope as rand fishkin calls it you know we're kind of like yeah a little bit of traffic and then no more traffic forevermore okay. what can you do to like reignite it um rewrite it you know your 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 website should be organic you should be rewriting content trying new things all the time not just kind of walking away going oh it didn't work never yeah. mind like how can you make it work next time yeah absolutely and the other thing I wanted to say have you, have you finished on behavior before I continue on is there anything else on that I have one more thing in here as well um so there's another easter egg report in behavior um if you just uh, head up in the in the menu to something called the behavior flow this report will give you visually the steps that a user has taken through the different pages of your website and in the first column where it says landing page right if you yeah. open that up and select the source medium report and we've already covered that right mm -hmm. um then you can actually see the pages that 
that users from different traffic sources look at and how they move around the site. So, you know, it's it's just literally visually shows you like a flow chart. And if you're like me, where, you know, you want to see stories in data, actually seeing that flow of how users move around the pages of your site. And it also shows you a nice big red arrow when users have dropped off that page can just help spark, you know, uh, your imagination to think about better ways that you can keep users on those pages or try and get them flowing through to other pages yeah, of yeah. your website. Yeah, love it, love it. So I've got a couple of questions. Uh, first one's a statement, really, for you to agree or disagree. But uh, one thing I know is going to happen, I know it, I know it, I know it. You're going to be listening to this, we're in your earphones, and you're like, yeah, but what's what's a good what's a good number of visits to my site? What's a good thing for this? And it's like, what I want you to take this is, and as far as I see it, and Vicky can disagree and agree as she feels fit, but... This is never about other people. This is about you, where you are today, and you improving your own thing. So whether you get 10 site visits a day or a month, or 10,000 a day or a month, then that's not a good or bad indication. That is a, this is where we are today. What do we want? hundred percent. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that the the metrics that you apply to your site are relative to the amount of effort that you've been putting into driving traffic there. So if if you just if we've not done any marketing activity, don't be surprised that you're not getting a lot of traffic, right? But if you are, but the traffic figures aren't you know high, then look at the engagement. How long are people actually spending? Have they converted? Like sign you know signed up to book a call with you or bought your thing or whatever. You you can have small traffic numbers and still make a lot of money um you know large large traffic usually is because of like large ad, large ad budgets essentially mm. and so you know I, I wouldn't be swayed by thinking that you have to have like you know hundreds of thousands of <laughs> hundreds of thousands of visitors in order to have a viable business you could have a hundred and mm. ten buy from you yeah. and then that could be a, you know per month and that could be a sustainable business so, yeah, it, so it, it really is relative yeah it's not about the numbers so I don't want you because I know what they'll do they'll they'll listen to the one bit where you said uh that you get on average 200 a month and they'll be like or, or a week, whatever you said and then they'll be like oh well I'm only getting 150 and it's like no 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 you know and actually to that point um do you know what I've just got it done I've gone and looked at my google analytics I can't get into them and it's not so Ben, who built my site, lovely Ben, he set them up and I just haven't done whatever I needed to do. So I can't even look at my own Google Analytics. Fool. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Doing the stupid things. So everyone else can get it right. Um, so I will. I've written myself a little to-do list of Ben can... Uh, let's go back to him Very again. good. Um, but the other thing I wanted to just touch on before we finish up for today is landing pages. Right. So... Everyone knows I'm a big fan of a landing page, a really big fan of a landing page, right? And all my landing pages are built in Kajabi, all of them. Now, before I go on and make myself sound awful, they have like the Facebook pixel on them and I track them and I watch them that way. But inevitably, I send people to landing pages rather than send them to my site because I want them to take the action. So actually, from my point of view, my website doesn't get a shed load of traffic because I'm very rarely pointing them to my website. I want people to take an action. So I point them to 
the landing page. If it's the bod- uh, the podcast, I point them to my site. But the thing is, they're not going to listen to the podcast on my site, or they're very rarely going to do that. They're going to hopefully go and subscribe and listen on their favorite podcast and blah, blah, blah. So like, what what is your thoughts really around, because I actively encourage people to use landing pages, but obviously that is not doing anything for for their site. Although, can I just say one more thing before you answer me? I use pretty links. So on my website, I've got a WordPress website. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about this. I did not set it up. I went to Ben and he did it all. So I have a plug a plugin for my site called Pretty Links. And all I know is that every time I do a podcast episode and every time I do a landing page, I go into the back of my site, I go to Pretty Links, I put in what my pretty link I want, i.e. Teresa wearing forward slash build my list or Teresa wearing forward slash academy, whatever it is. And then I put the URL for Kajabi, which is where that page is hosted, and it diverts it. So I'm now wondering the fact that I use a pretty link, is that going towards my traffic, even though they get immediately diverted? No. So your your traffic will be tracked on wherever your Google Analytics code has been embedded basically so it's very likely right so if it's not embedded on the pretty links it is very likely with a kind of a, a like a redirect you might see something come up mm-hmm. in the data potentially um but ultimately like the meaningful data you're you're probably going to see on on kind of the code that's on the the, the kind of kajabi yeah. setup yeah. essentially you, I love a landing page. I was going to so say, t- what's your thoughts when it comes to websites and landing pages? I, I love a landing page. I totally support using landing pages um, for campaigns because, you know, ultimately it's, it's not about trying to fit everything on your website for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah. It's to make money, right? And, you know, to like um, have a conversion at the end of your marketing activities, right? So use the tools that you need to to do that. And landing pages work so much better than a website because you don't have all the extra furniture on a landing page like your menu and the footer and all of that stuff that's going to put off someone converting right now you can have landing pages on a website you can do that you can hide the header and the footer sometimes on wordpress as well like depending on the theme that you've got Mm -hmm. but if you want to move really quickly and you're doing a lot of campaigns then you know using a third party tool like kajabi i use lead pages it just yeah it just works like so much better i still track um Uh, my Google Analytics traffic on lead pages you can add the code and I still track it within Google Analytics so I can understand a little bit more about the data and use that with the analytics you know that lead pages gives me in the same way that you could do with Kajabi as well but you know it's just you've just got to use the right tool for the job Mm. but you know still track right still understand where where your traffic's come from and you know so that you can kind of like especially if you're spending money driving traffic to a landing page as well it's just validate right yep google ads are working for me or facebook ads are working for me um yet my email campaigns are sending this email campaign resulted in more you know more conversions than this one i mean you can do that beautifully in google analytics Mm. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And I think you're right. I think for me, there are, it's picking the tool that's right for the job at the time. I am very proficient now in Kajabi. I was in lead pages. I worked with lead pages for, for a long time. They're amazing. I love them. I'm not proficient in WordPress and I don't want to pay you know, when I suddenly come up with an idea for something, if it means that I just have to sit there for the evening and create it myself, and because I'm so used to it, I can just duplicate and tweak and various things. But 
even though I've got a team, that doesn't always work. I want to do that myself sometimes. So for me, if I got to the point and when I get to the point of being so big that I really don't have to do these things, then great. I might decide to choose a different method because it'll suit me better at that point. And I might choose to have someone like Ben, you know, not him per se because he's got his own business, but, you know, someone that's more full-time or someone who can do things at my whim, as it were. And therefore I'm not, because obviously with every landing page builder, there's always you know, you can't make it completely exactly maybe as you want because you're working to a frame basically, but, you know, then I might do it. But I think at this point in time, that works perfectly for me. And therefore that's how I do it at the moment. So I'm so glad you, you said that because I think sometimes we're also all tasked with, well, this is the way to do it. And it's like, yeah, I get that there's always like a really good way and a perfect way or more perfect way or, you know, not so great way, but actually it's got to fit in with you where you are, your budget, your time, your everything. And if it means making a compromise on something, then you make a compromise. 100% totally agree with that. And um, I I think there comes a bit of a panic when you've created your own website and you think you need to um, house everything on it because you spent money yeah. kind of creating it but it, that's not how great marketing works you know no. just because you, you know you, you have it it doesn't always mean it's actually going to work for you yeah, yeah. Um, especially when it comes to landing pages yeah. as well like th- you know, the, the power of removing the menu from the top of a landing page right to increase conversions is is very underrated you know I see so many people come to me and they're like oh like my, my services page isn't converting and then we go in and look in their Google Analytics like yeah because they see the menu at the top and they're like oh I'll go and click into other pages yeah and just have a quick look around and that's the thing isn't it and I think you know that's the point in terms of like using those landing pages it's because you're clear on your objective my objective is not for website views my objective is to get you on my list on my email list and therefore that's why I send you to a landing page and not my website if I wanted more website views I'd send you to my website so exactly just knowing your objective Vicky thank you so so much this has been so helpful and I hope that you guys listening Vicky is so approachable in the way she she talks about things and does things that actually I think for lots of you she said it in a way that hopefully you can just go along and go well I'll take a look just be curious that's it like put on our scientist jackets just go and have a look and go that's interesting and you know and then go check out Vicky's stuff if you need some more explanation around it but Vicky thank you so very much for being on the podcast it's been good fun to have you on Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I hope anyone listening has just found the spark to go off and and kind of look at their data and kind of learn to love it in a way that I clearly do. (laughs) And thanks for letting me come and chat and geek out with you today. My pleasure. My pleasure. So there you go. Uh, Now I want you all rushing to check your Google Analytics. I went and sorted mine out so I could make sure I could view everything. But it really is useful. Like I said, this is never kind of like oh my gosh, they get X amount, of, uh, X amount of website visits and I only get X amount. This is not about competing against other people. This is about going, okay, this is where I am. If I change this, does that help? If I do this, does that make a difference? So do go and have a look at them if you get time. Definitely worth at least tracking these things. And if you've got a team, add it to one of your VA's jobs. So Joanne, who works at my team, she goes in every month. She's the one who pulls up all the, all the figures. I did a video, showed her how to go and find them and put them in a spreadsheet. And then I could just go to the spreadsheet and see what's happening. So yeah, that could be an option too. Okay. I will be back next week with a solo episode. I look forward to seeing you then.
Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 